0: Welcome to the conversation from St. Patrick's Studio. My name is Brian Cannon. Joining me today is Heather Berner, the Director of the National Baby Safe Haven Alliance. Heather, welcome to the conversation. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about the work of Safe Haven, where it comes from, what we need to Mm -hmm. know. Okay. So the Safe Haven Law actually was enacted, the very first one
1: in 1999. It started in Texas and from that point kind of spread throughout the country so that every state in the U.S. has a safe-haven law. Although the the aspects of that may be a little bit different, what the law does is allow a parent to safely surrender their baby to a safe-haven location within a certain period of time. Um, And so here in Arizona, That law allows a parent or designated agent to surrender their baby using the safe haven law to a safe haven provider within 30 days. The safe haven providers in Arizona include hospitals. Every hospital across the country actually is a safe haven provider here in Arizona. We also have fire stations, approved adoption agencies, churches and child welfare agencies.
0: Churches including here Mm -hmm. at St. Patrick Catholic Community. We are becoming a baby safe haven. So what does that mean for us here?
1: it's so exciting honestly so what that looks like is what we're looking at is how we're embracing a community that might be facing crisis pregnancy situations so for your your church to become a safe haven provider is just providing another safe place for a woman to come or parents to come if they felt that they needed this support
0: Now, somebody who would be maybe unsure about parenthood. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we talk about baby safe havens, and I think sometimes I, in my mind, would have this idea of somebody just comes by, Mm -hmm. anonymously drops off a baby, and certainly that's available, but that's Mm -hmm. not the only thing that's available to people. Right,
1: right. So our organization operates a 24-hour hotline, and with that hotline is a communication model that we utilize for parents that are facing these types of crises. What we have found is that utilizing a more holistic approach, we have been able to kind of capture those who really just need true support and someone to walk alongside them in their crisis. And it typically means the baby isn't the crisis, their life is the crisis. And so how do we address that? How can we offer community resources and support they need to enable them to parent? Um, We also offer resources and support for temporary placement, which may look like a week or may look like a few months while folks are getting on their feet. So we work with other programs that will offer those types of services. We also offer the um, option of adoption. And so that is a safe alternative and it is a little bit different than Safe Haven, although Safe Haven babies are, are adopted at the end of that process, Adoption gives a parent uh, more control in the situation where they get to choose a family. They may choose to have pictures or have information about their child. Whereas Safe Haven is a safe option, but there is that lack of control there. This is an anonymous um, last resort type of situation that we want to make sure we provide a safe pathway for a parent that chooses this. Um, And what happens is the parents that are typically choosing this are really in a fearful situation so we want to support them in the very best way to make a safe decision rather than the situation that we have that just happened here where a baby was left in an alley and we don't know the circumstances surrounding that but we want to prevent those babies from being abandoned that way
0: so a parent could be coming with the child Mm -hmm. but feel really unsure and and if i'm hearing you right it's you know the the child isn't the crisis all of the time for mm-hmm. a person. Can you talk about a time when maybe a parent was supported in, in such a way to bring one of those barriers mm-hmm. away from parenthood that that you were able to connect some dots for mm-hmm. them? Yeah, absolutely. Can that again, sure. So with a safe haven obviously sometimes you have a parent that's just handing over a child. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned A lot of times for these parents, they're unsure and Mm -hmm. that the baby doesn't represent the crisis in their life. There might be something else where you can connect a dot for them. Can you Mm -hmm. give an example of of a time when that's happened?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I mentioned this to you earlier, but there we actually had a mother that called the hotline that was sitting outside of the emergency room. She had a six day old baby that was, she was living in her car with the baby and at the time she called she really wasn't calling to discuss any other options she just wanted to make sure that she was doing the process correctly so when we slowed that conversation down and we were able to ask her what prevents you from parenting your child or feeling that you can parent that you can't parent the child she then told us that she was homeless that she had lost her job she had lost her home her other children were living with family and at that point We wanted to address that. That was a need that we could address. And so we asked her, what if we can get you to shelter? What if we can get you to safety? Does that change this decision for you? Because ultimately she felt she couldn't keep her baby safe living in a car. And so when we navigated through that, she did feel that she wanted to keep the baby if she could get to safety. And so that's the direction that we were able to go. Now, every situation is different and sometimes they have made the decision and we need to kind of move forward in that way to honor their choices. But regardless of their choices, we want them to make an informed decision and know all of their safe options.
0: So, Heather, you are the director of the network here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. You are also the director of the national Mm -hmm. network. So we're doubly blessed to have Mm -hmm. you here in this state. So you don't like free time. That's yeah. been established, <laughs> but, but also I think that maybe growing up, you didn't say, hey, I know what I'm going to do when I'm mm-hmm. I'm going to help with this safe baby. Uh, right. <laughs> no. H- right. How do you fall into that? So Yes, my history is as I'm a pediatric ER nurse
1: and I've been a nurse for 20, over 20 years. Um, we had this moment in time where a 15-year-old checked into the ER with abdominal pain. She did not tell anyone she was pregnant. She went back to the waiting room to wait for an open room. And delivered her baby in the bathroom by herself. Um, Unfortunately that baby was found 10 to 15 minutes later by a housekeeper and we ended up doing life-saving efforts on a bathroom floor. So he did not survive and it was incredibly traumatic for everyone involved that day but really struck home for me because of um, our personal situation that our 15 year old had made some decisions and, and we had a two-week-old grandson when he was 15 years old. So, so thankful that he was here and he was alive. But looking at this baby and realizing that that could have been him, could, if his mom and dad were terrified, and they were, and they didn't tell us and they didn't make different choices, that could have been our grandson. And so it really um, just struck home for me. and. So it was God moving in us, and that was the time that I started volunteering and telling everyone about the Safe Haven Law that would listen. And, you know, every community event that I could get to, I wanted to share that information. So kind of brought us forward to where I ended up running the Arizona program for a multitude of years and then was asked to, to take on the director role for the national program
0: that confluence of circumstances is just mm. so amazing. And, and you know, mm. as people of faith, we say there's, there's some divine intervention yes, happening there is that we, mm. we get put in places where our discipleship actually makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And we have the opportunity to accompany people. And I think you're in a, a unique position to hear a lot of stories. And, mm. and you know, it, it can be looking from the outside in to a person who would just drop off a child mm. It can be easy for some to stand in judgment of that, but we don't know, right. you know cognitively mm-hmm. what's going on, what trauma is involved. And, and really that is the most compassionate thing that a parent can do in some circumstances, mm-hmm. right? right? So how does, uh, how does a community accompany the work of Safe Haven?
1: Mm-hmm. So I think when we, y- you made a very good comment there, It's if we can remove judgment from people and really walk the walk and love people, well, that's, that's where it all begins. And so for me, the Safe Haven Program, that's what we get to do. We get to love on parents, a majority of the time it's mothers, but I've, I've helped fathers too. And we get to love on them in a very special and unique way through one of the most traumatic situations of their life. And so sometimes I would say, when we look at a situation, um, it's easy to look through our lenses, but when we actually dig in and start to care about people and hear what they're going through, it's, it's a lot different than what we might have imagined. Um, I helped a couple, this was a, probably two or three years ago now, that had planned their pregnancy. They lived in a beautiful home. They were ready for the baby. And when the baby was born, he had some serious genetic and neurological issues. And when they called us, they were both crying and very, very upset. And it was a traumatic time for them, but they wanted to safe haven their baby. Mm -hmm. So I supported them in that, but also offered um, some other resources and support. And when we did that, we bought a little bit of time and it allowed them to kind of think through this process. And we talked, we had many, many conversations uh, along with another partner of ours, And they ended up parenting and sending us pictures later, and he actually is doing really, really well. And he's beautiful. It's just one of those stories. And had there been a rush to make a decision, it may have been very different for them. So we really try to slow time down, even if it's just for a few seconds, to identify how we can best support parents where they are. And it's been a true miracle. We get to see them every single day
0: that avoiding a rush to judgment on all sides of an mm-hmm. issue really allows for space in the Holy Spirit to work. Right? Right. And, and I think sometimes, and I might be guilty of this too, I have a vision in my mind of mm-hmm. a person who would take advantage of, of Safe Haven or, right. or any of the, mm-hmm. the other services that they get connected to through Safe Haven. Mm-hmm. But as you were sharing with me, you can't really predict what a person right. looks like who, or, or, or what they do. right right. and and so it kind of touches the entire community Mm -hmm. in a way is that true
1: it is yeah i've i've been asked the question you know what what does this look like is there a certain demographic it's it's there there are no restrictions it's from 13 years old to 41 years old um, we've seen really dark scary stuff and we've gotten to see beautiful beautiful miracles and so when we are offering that love and support and care and hope, you're, you're definitely going to experience all of those things. It's going to um, bring a lot of different situations. We've helped women that have been trafficked. We've helped folks that have been in domestic violence situations. Um, we've, we've seen what's called pregnancy denial syndrome in a majority of the women that we help. We've seen people just not even acknowledge their pregnancy until the baby's coming. And so there's, there's a lot of fear there. And when there's no support system, then they're very isolated. And so that's when we see the child endangered, like what happened yesterday. We see these babies thrown in trash cans, and that doesn't have to happen anymore. There is a support system. There is a hotline. There is people waiting to help you through any situation that, that you can think of. We have, we
0: have safe options. So what are people going to be seeing here at mm-hmm. St. Patrick now that we're becoming a part of this network? Yes, and we're so excited. So there will be big
1: yellow signs that say Safe Baby Haven. They also have our 1-800 number on there. So if a parent came after hours or at a time or, or someone didn't open a door or wasn't here, they have that that number to call us and we can either get someone to, to this location or make sure they get to the nearest, safest location. Um, We've trained all the staff here, so they're going to be very familiar with Safe Haven. We want everyone to ask those questions and share with with the community here so they understand that this is a safe alternative to abandoning your infant.
0: Now, I know the record keeping is sometimes difficult because of the nature of the work mm-hmm. and the way the laws are written and things like that, but we can share. Confidently, that many, many children have been yeah. accepted into this loving network.
1: Absolutely. So, we know at, at least over 50 babies have been saved here in Arizona, and more than I think our number is up to 1,600 babies have been saved nationally by the Safe Haven Law. Yep.
0: That's amazing work. Mm-hmm. I really amazing. want to thank you, Heather, for coming in for this conversation yes, this definitely. morning and for partnering with St. Patrick Catholic Community. Thank
1: you for having us. We're really honored.
0: Thank you. This has been The Conversation from St. Patrick's Studio, and we will see you next time.